The Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Having some fun on a Thursday. That means a couple things around these Steelers Nation radio airwaves. Most uh, notable that we are joined at this time by our good friend of the show, Mr. Brian Bacco. If you're a loyal listener, you've heard him here over the years. You also know his work from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Bacco, what's up, buddy? How are we doing? Man, those horns are just delightful. <laughs> you love to hear it. You know what? There's a movie that song's in that I always think of. It's such a random movie. Have you ever seen The New Guy? I have not. uh, It's like uh, Eddie Murphy's in it, I think. Okay. Hmm. Um, I always always think this song's... Not Eddie Murphy, Eddie Eddie Griffin. Ah. This song's from uh, from Mighty Ducks. I believe the the second or third Mighty Ducks as well, too. That's, That's kind of... Uh, what I always think of, but I'll have to look into that, Mr. Backo. But hey, yeah, you know, I mean, that's when you know you really are a good friend of the show when you got your own intro music, right? Oh, no right? question, but he deserves his own intro music. He absolutely yeah. does. Absolutely. Mr. Backo, um, before we get into some of the specifics of uh, some names moved to the IR, some uh, some cloudy uh, situation around the future of Joe Hayden, got to ask you, speaking of somebody's future, any new movement on this T.J. Watt contract? It feels like we've been waiting in purgatory. Are you hearing anything? Any idea when this could get completed? Is it still, if it could get completed, is there a chance it might not get done before Buffalo next week? What are you hearing about the uh, the extension or lack thereof of Mr. T.J. Watt? It's all quiet, man. I mean, I'd be shocked if it doesn't get done. And probably within the next few days, I would be surprised if it's not done because then you got to start – uh, preparing for the Bills and, and practicing on Monday. Here's my guess, just from like a Murphy's Law perspective. Uh, <laughs> you know, given that I'm a sports writer who covers the team, this bad boy will get done at like six o'clock Friday night or like eight o'clock Saturday night or anytime, <laughs> anytime Sunday, maybe when I'm trying to watch some of that first weekend of college football. That, that's when the, the TJ Watt news will drop when it's most inconvenient for your truly. <laughs> But he posted a picture on his Instagram where he was signing stuff for the fans. So isn't that like a telltale that it's going to be happening sooner than that? Yeah, I think it's happening soon, though. It's like I, I don't see why it wouldn't. I basically don't see why it hasn't gotten done at this point. I think both sides kind of know what the deal is. You know, if you're the Steelers, you've you've got to open the safe for, mm-hmm. for this dude who's been nothing but uh, productive as a player and, and doing everything right. Uh, as a person for your team, and if you're Watt in his camp, uh, you, you maybe have to understand that this is the Steelers. They're not as willy-nilly as a lot of other organizations and uh, might not go as cuckoo crazy with the guarantees and whatnot because they're the Steelers. You don't necessarily need to make that splash, but uh, I, I think that, that both sides of this agreement kind of know where it's headed, and, and yeah, that's why I'm surprised. We, we haven't heard anything yet, but perhaps it's uh, – Perhaps it is imminent, as they like to say in this industry. Now, we heard uh, Keith Butler allude to the you know potential concerns of T.J. Watt not being in hitting shape. 
you know, with him missing so much time because of this contract situation, do you think that that's something that we should be worried about when the season does start nine days from now? No, personally, no. I mean, I can understand where you're coming from if you are, but I almost interpreted that as, you know, the first time the D.C. got to talk about T.J. Watt, you know, he was pretty heavy on the player side of things and saying that he doesn't blame him one bit for not practicing. And maybe the next time he got a chance to say his piece, he just figured he'd swing back in the other direction a bit. (laughs) Painted more toward the team side, the coach side of things, so... Man. That's really all I was gathering from that. I don't know that there's any like legitimate concern that you know this guy's going to go out there and the first time he tries to make a tackle, his, his shoulder is going to pop out or <laughs> something. I mean, he he is highly conditioned, as Mike Tomlin would like to say. <laughs> <laughs> you got Motsy cracking up over here. It's Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette with us here on the Steelers Blitz. Uh, you know, while while the situation around T.J. Watt might still be up in the air, we now have some clarity on a few other guys and, and some questions we were asking there. Uh, Stephon Tuitt, Zach Banner, Anthony McFarlane, all to uh, the injured reserve list. That means that they uh, will miss the first three games. Brian, of course, they can return to practice after week three if they are healthy, but the Steelers will have to go at least the first three weeks without those guys. Uh, let's start with Stephon Tuitt. I think we all had a good idea that this was possible. We certainly know um, man, he has, he has gone through it from a, a personal tragedy standpoint and everything that transpired with his brother's tragic death this summer. How, though, do you go about in the interim here, Mr. Bacco? What do you think is the right move for the Steelers? Is it just as easy as you plug in Chris Wormley and, and, you, and you hope everybody else around him kind of, kind of steps up? I know some people have talked about doing some different things with Alu-Alu. I'm sure some sub-package um, stuff can come into this Sunday, next Sunday in Buffalo as well. But just on the surface, you know, when you first saw the news that Tua was going to be out for at least the first three games, what do you think is the best way to go about, you know, trying to to fill that absence here in the interim? Yeah, on one hand, maybe you can be a little bit optimistic because I think coming into the season and going into the draft, even coming out of the draft when they use yet another pick on a young defensive lineman, I I think most people who follow the Steelers thought this was a position that had more depth and, and certainly more NFL experience than a lot of others on the roster, um, you know, including the, the rest of the defensive spots. So uh, from that standpoint, yeah, I mean, you're you're maybe able to withstand uh, when, when you get a guy like Wormley in there. Tyson Aluwalu is capable of you know playing starter-level snaps. He's, he's done that in the past when two has been out. And even some of these young guys have, have done some nice things in flash, whether it's the rookie Isaiah Loudermilk or Carlos Davis or, or Isaiah Bugs. On the other hand, though, I mean, you can paint this as Stephon Tuitt was a game wrecker last year. He finally put it all together over the course of a full season in terms of his health and his production and, and all of that. And I think just every outlook of the Steelers' defense coming into 2021, you know, it starts with what you can do in, in the trenches. And if you want to count T.J. Watt among that group, too, as as a 3-4 outside linebacker, as an edge rusher, I mean, all of your optimism basically originates with how strong they can be up front with the front seven and and even that defensive line specifically. So it's a big loss, literally and figuratively, when when you see Stephon Stewart out there on the field. But uh, if there was any position where maybe you could go without a starter for a little bit, I guess it's D-line. And the last thing I'll say, I mean, yes, it's discouraging that now you know He's going to miss a minimum of three games, but they had other options they could have gone with as far as like the pup list and things.
things of that nature uh, that would have caused him to be out even longer. Yeah. So maybe that's uh, maybe that's a little bit of a silver lining here. If you're bummed out, he's going to miss the Bills game. Yeah, but um, sticking with the trenches, but on the other side of the trench, mm-hmm. Zach Banner put to IR, and now we've we're hearing reports that this has been multiple practices now where Chooks. Okorafor is at right tackle and Dan Moore is at left tackle. So just, I mean, share your thoughts on that. Are you concerned about it? Do you like that? And what does that mean for Banner long term? Yeah, same kind of deal. I mean, you you, you don't like to have your offensive line set going into to week one, especially, I mean, the Bills offense. Most, I mean, they, as you know, I mean, they're not like, they're not really like they were when you were there, uh, old-school, slobbered off this matchbox running team. <laughs> no. yeah, they're going to spread it out. I mean, they're high-flying, so mm-hmm. you don't really want three down linemen out there a lot of the times against these guys, I think. So uh, that takes a little of the sting off losing to it, maybe. But, uh, you know, the, the other side of the coin is, you know, when you talk about the Steelers' offensive line trying to match up with this Bills front, I mean, they, these guys are ferocious. We've seen it over the last couple of years, even when you've had – a proven and experienced offensive line that, that struggles to deal with them. So uh, the Zach Banner thing is is worrisome. You know, you, you just wonder what kind of setback he might have had. I, I, you know, it's Zach Banner, so I checked his social media recently to see if he's addressed it at all. <laughs> uh, the last like any sort of activity from him was he liked a tweet from a fan a few days ago who said he saw him out and about downtown or something. And you know, the injury reports, you know, you don't have to worry too much about that. But Banner was out there kind of. His head to that. What happened between you know Monday and yeah. you know the the last you know last Friday, let alone the last uh, the third preseason game where he actually got in there and you know didn't play too much, but he was healthy enough to go. So I mean, it, two series. It, it, it was like yeah, ten eleven plays. I think it was. So, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, you know what? I I think a lot of that uncertainty, maybe mystery uh, around Zach Banner, even. You know, you can kind of extrapolate that to the entire offensive line in a lot of ways. Been a lot of moving parts. A lot. Of, I mean, we've seen Chooks and Dan Moore switch sides. We've seen Rashawn Coward thrown in the mix. You know, we, a bunch of different things have gone on in the last five, six weeks with that offensive line. On Tuesday's show, Brian, Moats and I kind of discussed how, and we're really feeling good about a lot of different elements of this team, but it feels like, and, and we're not breaking any news here. Everyone's known this this offseason. The offensive line is the X factor but as we get closer and closer to this thing, man, I, I am legitimately concerned that a, a, that what could be a Steelers team that, that has a lot of good things working for it, that could win double-digit games, you know, maybe only wins seven, eight, nine games, and we'll look back in hindsight and say it's, ah, it's because the offensive line was not good enough again for a second straight year. You know, we do that. I know I've asked you before. We, we do that calm, concerned, worried, panicked scale here on the show where do you kind of come down as it relates to the big picture for this offensive line, you know, over the next 18 weeks? I'm, I'm, I'm probably panicked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. In the three years I've been doing shows with you guys now, I don't know that I've ever gone to the I don't think, I don't I don't think, think you have. have. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I was, we have. I've I think never this is the heard first time. That. We've gone DEFCON 5 here. You saw how we all just I'm reacted to you. I'm a laid-back guy. You know, I don't get too high on the highs or too low on the lows. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this this unit was a, a concern, you know, even three months ago when you thought David DeCastro was kind of the last man standing from the previous uh, era. And now, I mean, I, I always hear from fans and readers and, and listeners, you know, how much worse can they be? I mean, look, look at what last year's line could, you know, they couldn't get any push in the run game. The Steelers are the worst uh, rushing team in the league. I mean, 
can you really get any worse than that? But yes, you, you can. I mean, they were the best pass protection team in the league. I know there are other factors uh, at work there in terms of Ben getting rid of the ball as quickly as he did, but you know, they still kept guys off of him for the most part. And, and that's huge for any quarterback, let alone now a 39-year-old who uh, doesn't move around and, and protect himself as well as he once did. And someone who also wants to you know, get back to the deep ball a little bit and, and be more accurate and connect on some of those. So that stuff doesn't develop quickly. You need a little bit of time in the pocket to make that work. If you're going to be turning your back to the defense with play action, you, you can't be worried about getting trucked from your blind side all the time. So uh, there's, there's a lot of reasons to panic, I think. I mean, uh, yes, last year's offensive line didn't set a high bar. Mike Tomlin even uncharacteristically kind of said that early in camp, right? But uh, there's just, you know, you're taking a lot of leaps of faith with these guys, and you were doing that even before you plugged in a rookie fourth-round pick at left tackle. So the banner thing, I mean, I actually thought that he was maybe the, the dude on the line who had the most upside, if you will. Like, if there was someone who could, you know, play at a really high level and kind of elevate the whole group, I thought it might be him tossing people like ragdolls in the run game, and now mm. you're not even going to have him for the first three weeks. So uh, there's just there, there's so much to worry about with this group. Uh, you know, really from, from the left to the right side, I, I guess the guards are, are making me feel better more than anything else. <laughs> well, Mr. Batco, since we are in panic mode, I want to keep the panic train rolling. Talk about these DBs, man. Wait, hold on. What was that? That was my panic alert. Hold on. Wait, wait. You ready? Cue that up. You ready for this? Come on, ride the train. And ride it. Come on, ride the train. You coffee this morning or what? I'm just saying, man, we were panicking. I needed to sound my panic alarm. I did that. Now I can ask you my next question. This this DB room right now, man. I mean, we initially started I'm, with. I'm not you, you, you're I'm not, not panicked with them anymore? No, because Carl Joseph's no. in the fold. Oh, no. hey, now. Go, go I'm ears. I'm panicking about the secondary, but I would probably put myself at worried the one step down because. I mean, you, you still got Mika Fitzpatrick. He, I think he's going to, you know, he solves a lot of issues uh, out there in center field on the back end. Terrell Edmonds, you know, it's been an extremely quiet camp for him. Maybe that's not a bad thing necessarily, considering two years ago he was all too noticeable in 2019. And you got to think that some of his struggles in coverage that year is a big reason why Steelers didn't feel real comfortable in investing a fifth year in him, even though he's a little bit better last season. Joe Hayden. You know, he's he's going to still play well. I think he's certainly motivated to now that the Steelers kind of gave him the James Washington treatment and said, oh, you'd, you'd like something from us? Uh, that's nice, but keep it moving. So <laughs> you had that happen. Uh, Cam Sutton, really think he can, can bring a lot to, the, to this group. I, I'm not too concerned about his role, whether he's inside or outside. And for James Pierre and Justin Lane, I, I, they've, they've had some good moments in, in camp in the preseason. So... Would you like uh, maybe one more body there that, that inspires a lot of confidence? Sure, but, uh, you know, Arthur Millette is back on the 53. You mentioned your Mountaineer, West Carl Joseph. I don't know what ultimately the plans are for him, but and, and you wonder why the Raiders uh, didn't want to take him into the regular season, a guy they're very familiar with. But uh, at least he's another piece of the puzzle that, that maybe Mike Tomlin and, and Keith Butler and Terrell Austin can, can fit in there to make things coalesce, if you will. 
Just another minute or two here with our buddy Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Sticking with the secondary then, uh, I, I got to get your opinion on, on everything we've seen kind of transpire with Joe Hayden over the last 24 hours or so. Um, it was known earlier in the summer, at least it was reported early in the summer, that Hayden had approached the Steelers and asked for an extension, uh, that he wants to finish his career with the black and gold. Uh, then his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, coming out yesterday and saying that that will not be the case, um, that, that, that Joe will, will enter free agency next year when we kind of all expect the salary cap to go up big time. Um, so it, it kind of feels like, right, if you're reading between the lines, that if the Steelers would have wanted to get this done, they would have, that it was more so on their end as opposed to on, on Joe or, or Drew Rosenhaus's end. Do you think that's correct, Mr. Backo? And do you think that kind of given the current state of the roster and how this kind of does feel like for the first time in our lifetime a, a last dance, a loaded up and make a run type year for the Steelers, you think that's smart just to kind of leave your your future wide open see where you're at at the end of the year see how it looks compared to the salary cap and go from there or do you think maybe it would have been smart business uh to lock up joe hayden for another year or two do we know if Drew rosenhouse played basketball growing up do you have any <laughs> info on that this man is just out here shooting his shot left and right with the Steelers. like this <laughs> washington guys think we can you think we can move him for something Joe Hayden, fellas, uh, don't you want to lock him up for a couple more years? And yet, uh, again, on both cases, the Steelers are just like, I don't really know what's in that for us. So, uh, no, I mean, I, I didn't think it made all – it wasn't really wasn't on my radar that Hayden would be asking for, uh, let alone uh, even expecting an extension. Um, I just think you, you've got to see more from a quarterback at, at that age before you really commit to, to keeping him long term. I don't know that I see this as like a, you know, a last dance, make or break, breaking up the Bulls kind of year for the Steelers' defense because they do still have a lot of pieces in place for the long term. And I, you know, check my watch. Maybe they'll have one more officially uh, down here in TJ Watt pretty soon. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, they're gonna they're gonna come to a crossroads at that position. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, they've struggled drafting and developing guys there, but. I don't think you can cut off your nose to spite your face in this case and just say, well, that's it. We can't, we can't find a rookie who can play corner for us, so we'll just keep paying Joe Hayden until he's 49 years old. <laughs> that's not really the way to go either. I don't think that would be smart business. So uh, not surprised how this thing has played out. And even when we talked to Joe last week, uh, I mean, he was, uh, he was pretty reserved when he got asked that question. He said, you know, I'd, I'd love to be here, but you know, I don't have a whole lot to say right now as, as far as those negotiations. Brian Backo, our good friend of the show. Make sure you're checking out all of his work, as always, in the PG. And Yins better know by now, our man does not do cap. Buddy, great stuff, as always. We'll, uh, can we go ahead and book you for next Thursday? I mean, are we I mean back? Can, we, can we lock you in? Are we back in the routine now? <laughs> lock it in, boys. <laughs> Thanks for your time as always, partner. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Most doesn't do the siren anymore. All right, I'm out. There he goes. Right back up. <laughs> Come on, ride the train. <laughs> and ride it. It's like that sometimes, man. You just got to sound the alarm. We love that guy. Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. When Moats and I, listen, I, one of the, I don't think it was the first year that we did this show together because we really only did it for like what, like the last month and a half of the season? That first year in 18 that you and I were together, like we didn't have the full year. But I think early on in our 2019 campaign, Mm -hmm. Moats and I said part of like one thing that we wanted to accomplish on this show with our time slot here with our little corner of SNR nation here 
that we wanted to magnify young voices in this city, right? Like Moats and I are both in our 30s. We're not, air quotes, young. But in terms of a lot of the people that do media in this town, Motsi, we're baby-faced. We're, right? we're still in the womb. <laughs> Stan Saverin, Mark Madden, Mike Pursuta, Jerry Dulac, Ed Bouchette. I mean, these guys, Dale Lawley, who's, who's in our building here, these guys have been covering the Steelers as long as Motsi and I have been alive. So in that kind of realm i mean we as funny young. as that sound that is very true it, though no dale no like that's, that's is, very I'm, accurate i'm 30 years right. old this is dale's 29th season yeah. covering the steelers <laughs> so stan you, you Saverin. stan yeah. Saverin. you yeah. see it in that context i mean legitimately moats ben roethlisberger's been the quarterback of the steelers for over half my life yeah over half my life so in that context Motsi and i are the young guys within steelers media um Along with guys like Brian Bacco and we, you know, our buddy Chris Carter, and we made a pledge a few years ago that we would do our best to magnify those voices. And uh, we've had a lot of fun with our buddy Brian Bacco and uh, great stuff from him today as well. You want to get involved with the show on Twitter at Wesley Euler at TheBody52. TheBody. And we will get to more of those tweets, certainly, uh, maybe here at the end of this segment, if not, definitely to get us started in the next segment. Motsi, I got to know your opinion. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked about it yet. We got backos, but on the Joe Hayden situation. Um, for me, I could argue it either way, honestly. I could say yeah. I could say Joe's still only 32 right now. And, and so, yeah, so he's not 28 anymore, but he's still the best cornerback on the roster. And, you know, if you think there's any chance that Ben's going to come back next year, that you're going to try and run this thing back again, I'd like to have Joe Hayden involved. I could also argue the other side that is he'll be 33 by the time the season starts next year. What if it is a transition year for the Steelers and, and maybe you want some younger guys to have that opportunity? Maybe you want more money cleared off the books. Uh, he is your former teammate. He is your buddy. How you feel about this? Uh, this Joe Hayden going to play out the last year of his contract and we'll see uh, where things are next summer. I honestly like it for both sides. I mean, as odd as that may seem, I like it for the Steelers, number one, because it gives them time. He hasn't fallen off of a cliff. He's still the number one corner on this team. But we also know that, as you said, he's getting older. And typically, the you know studies show when they get around that age, that's when they usually you start just, to have that lose, drop you, off. You lose a step of your athleticism, and that's so, paramount at that position. So, essentially, you can hedge your bet if you're the Steelers by saying, we won't extend you right now, but let's see how you play. And you ball up. There's nothing that says they can't extend him as soon as next season comes about. I mean, it's... Very similar when you come here on a one-year deal. That's what I did. I came on a one-year, and you play it out. Then if it works out, you get the contract afterwards. He could easily do that, and because he's already been on record, and trust me for Joe, when he says this, he means it. He loves it here. He loves it here. He loves it here. That's a huge boost. So the biggest thing is for him, just convince them again that you're that guy. You know how to do this. You've been doing this. You had to do it when you came over here in 2017. And you've been doing it every year since then. And why you've gotten multiple extensions here. We want to do business with you. <laughs> just make it, you know, just simplify for us. So for the team, I love that. And for Joe, I love it because of this. If he signs that deal before the season, let's be real. It's going to be very team friendly. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be very, I'm coming to you. Whatever you give me, just give it to me. Give me something respectful, but I'm not but, I'm not breaking the bank either. Yeah. Whereas he goes out here and plays like he knows how to play, like he's been playing these past couple of years. He goes and get five more interceptions. That would be an interesting scenario. Exactly. To me. So now for Joe, they might have been trying to give you, hey, take four or five million. You come out of here with five, six interceptions, 
and you lead him into a playoff game or something like that. Eight, nine, exactly. ten million. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're Joe, hey, man, you're not tri- – because for Joe, you've made so much money. You're not even – the injury risk part of playing on a contract year compared to like a TJ Water or Minka Fitzpatrick, night and day. For Joe now, this is more, man, you just want to be here. This is legacy. This is, all right, add on to that. But why not do that while being able to maximize your earning potential as well, which you can definitely do both when you see the cap is going up. Mm-hmm. And you're looking on this roster right now, and you're saying to yourself, is Cam Sutton, has he closed the gap on me? No. Has James Pierre closed that gap? No. Nope. Justin Lane? No. Nope. Arthur Mollett? No. Nope. So if you're Joe, you're saying to yourself, I just got to stay healthy. I stay healthy, I ball it, I get paid again. Right here in Pittsburgh. I think you're right. And if not here in Pittsburgh, certainly somewhere else because Absolutely. everybody always needs defensive backs. Yeah. I think in a weird way, Mozi. In his style of play yes, as well. Absolutely. I think in a weird way, like you could argue that if Joe has a great year, it'd be like a double-edged sword for the Steelers mm-hmm. because they would have him having that great season this year, which mm-hmm. would – I mean, if you tell me right now Joe Hayden has a great season, I would say that probably means the defense has a great season. I would, I would agree with that. And, and that would be fantastic for this year – but then you'd probably lose him or you'd have to overpay for him to keep him. That is very correct. So it is in a weird way like a really good year from Joe Hayden would almost be like a double-edged sword it for the Steelers like the in that Bud, regard. It would be like the Bud Dupree situation. It would be like the Bud Dupree situation. But if he has a decent year, let's say, right? Decent year is a win-win for all is parties. Is a win-win for all parties. Yeah. And then if he has a down year, well, then obviously the Steelers, the Steelers, the Steelers yeah. made the right decision. I, I think that's kind of how I lay it out as well, too. <sighs> I'm, I'm, I tell you what, though, like it, it, in all of this, right in the bigger picture, like I'm, I'm, man, I am so interested to see where we are next March and April. You know, leading up to the draft, mm-hmm. leading up to free agency, what are those conversations going to look like? I think it's going to look like one of two things: either the Steelers had a good year this year, and they're trying to keep those pieces together while boost, like you know, while add to it, kind of like what they did this year, right? Let's keep the skeleton of that team together, keep Juju here, keep Ben here, um, and we'll bring in. Najee Harris will bring in Melvin Ingram and Joe Schobert. Or, you know, the Steelers have a, let's call it an underwhelming season. You know, maybe they win nine or ten games. They they go eight and nine, something like that, and they miss the playoffs. Or they they make it as a wild card in there and they get bounced in the first round again. A super wild card weekend. It was called Super Wild Card Weekend, huh? Yeah, they're gonna run that back again yeah, this year. You better I believe forgot it. That was super, super. wild card. Everything was super. You're weekend. right. They, um, they, oh, they so overplayed that super wild card thing. Gosh, they did. <laughs> hey, and, and the year of COVID, Motsi, they, oh they had to jump up some hype I somewhere, I totally maybe. forgot about that. Not super, super wild, wild card. card. Like, do we have to say super wild oh, every single time? Super wild card. So, week. you know what? It's funny you say that. Did you see what happened with Pitt football today? I did not. So, Pitt football got like a massive donation from some alumni. Was like, it me? Uh-huh. If it was, you and I would have beef. No, nah, I know I'm not at that university over there. You can't get pit money Come like on, that. Man, Come on, man. Go ears. So uh, somebody donated $20 million to the pit Holy. Yeah, that's big. <sighs> that ain't chump change. If that's... I donate $20 million and I haven't donated anything to WU, yeah, yeah, we we definitely got issues there. We, we, got, <laughs> we got big it's issues. It's on site. We got big issues there. Um, <laughs> the guy's name is Chris Bickle who donated it. So now, what does Chris Bickle do? Now, now that's the real question. The right hand man of Jeff Bezos or something I'm over about here. To say you're not Nevin Shapiro's cousin. Are so you? because of this donation, mm-hmm. Pitt's I'm not making this up. Pitt's head coaching position will permanently be named the Chris Bickle 97 head football coach. Wow. So it's Pat Narduzzi, Chris wow. Bickle 97 head football coach is Pat Narduzzi's title. Wow. 
it's a little goofy, but hey, you donate $20 million, you, you can yes, make whatever yes. demands you want. Now I want to know, are they going to say that during broadcast? I bet you they won't say it, but like when it'll the, be referenced, uh, like though. when the, when the yeah. ticker comes, like when the it'll little, show. when the little bug comes up on the screen, it'll probably say it in the fine. Uh, I think fine so. Print. Twenty million dollars, yeah, you you definitely getting that for twenty. <laughs> All right, so before we go to break here, Motsi, if you donated twenty million dollars to JMU, what's your demand? <sighs> oh man, twenty million to JMU. You say I got a twenty million dollar check for you under the condition of. President of the university, or no, the Arthur Motes appointed president of the university, John Alger. So whoever the university's president, oh, like I the, like that. Yes, appointed by Arthur Motes. I like yes. that. I, I, that's how it would need to be. Twenty million dollars, dude. Twenty miles is a ton of money. So that's a lot. That's, that's a good. That's a whole oh, buddy. That's a, I, yeah. that's a ton of money. Listen, Twenty million. I'm I'm bigger than football. I don't even want to talk football. That that's too that's too small scale for me. Who's the president? Uh, that's okay. Yes. Appointed by or Arthur Motes, president of the university, <laughs> is James boom. Madison University, presented by Arthur Motes. Like that, twenty million dollars. Yes, yes. We're not talking about Ohio State. We're not talking about Pitt. Pitt. Think about Pitt. Pitt is a big major university. Yep. We talking about JMU here, baby. Pitt's endowment is if you take a- it, exactly. if you take in the UPMC yeah. side of things, yeah. it's 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 that's, nice. That's insane. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, Motsi, I would love to do like the Terry Pagula thing. Just Ooh. donate a hundred million dollars, have them build a hockey rink, and and take a team to D one. Yeah. It'd be like the Euler Ice Castle. That would be tight. But if I was donating twenty million to the WVU football program, it's Mountaineer Field, right where mm-hmm. WVU plays. It'd be like it'd be like the Euler family. It'd be Mountaineer Field at Euler Family yeah. Stadium or something like that. See, and this is my. I only... wouldn't put West. I'd, I'd put Euler Family. I'd, I'd 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 cover all bases. Well, see, that's why I did with the. The Moats family should right, the condition right, because, like, right, yeah, we're right. gonna we're, we're good we're here. Gonna, not just me, this uh-uh. is all it, of us, baby. So, so when your kids, kids, kids come down here, they gotta stand in there, exactly, locked in, exactly. I when was my, gonna... when my great grandkids yeah. go to school uh-huh. here. So look, I was I'm, gonna and say, I'm down in the dirt. They're still living life. I was gonna go with the whole name the stadium thing, but when I was doing my locker room at JMU, you have that the stadium already. was already it was already taken. Gotcha. Somebody had already took it. Because I, gotcha. I was questioning. I said, well, if what's, I make my price, donation. What's the price value on that? I needed to know. I was like, if I make my donation, do I need to make it so much crazy that nobody can come in here a year from now and try to redo my? And we have right. little, like, clauses in there. Like it's where like the naming rights of Heinz Field. Seriously, yeah, Park. yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, sometimes it's less about the money and more about the recognition. 100%. That's yeah. branding. That's branding one. Yeah. yeah. So I know, like, okay, if I do that, somebody else might come in and say, well, he did this. I'm going I'm to do that. That's a, we'll have to call it the Steelers Blitz Stadium. That's yeah. what we'll have to call it in terms of the branding. All right. We're way overdue for a break here. When we come back on the other side, we'll get to some of your tweets. If you want to tell us if you were to donate $20 million, who you donated to and what you would name it, you could get in on that as well. All your thoughts on everything on the table today. To it, Banner, Hayden, it's all out there at Wesley Euler, at the bottom. 52 that's where you get involved if you want to join in on the show we'll also do a little predictions in the final segment when we wrap things up on the other side this is the Steelers Blitz on SNR